I'm Brittany Pompano. I'm the online pastor at Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is an original series on family relationships called This Is Us, a deep dive into the dynamics and design God has for your legacy. We hope this series encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your family. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys for being with us this morning. Um, We are continuing our series in This Is Us. How many are enjoying This Is Us so far? Good. Hey, one of the best ways that you can uh, take advantage of this information is to write it down. So I want to encourage you, pull out your phones, pull out, I see some of you, some of you are catching on and bringing your notebooks. That's awesome. I love it. If you don't have a notebook and you would like one, there are some uh, that are being brought over right now. We can bring one to you. Uh, But I want to make sure that you take this opportunity to get as much out of this as possible because I'm believing today, today's going to help some people. Oh, I, uh, I, I certainly I think I think it's actually going to help families. I think it's going to help individuals. It's going to help relationships. And ultimately, I, I hope it's going to help you in your relationship with God. Uh, but before we get into it, I want to say a welcome to those of you who are joining us online. Thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, we have a group of people every week that watch with us online. They participate. They, they chat together. Um, and so I just want to encourage those of you who are watching, make sure you're chatting with people in the chat. Uh, we're, we're making sure that... Uh, everybody is feeling connected, but then I also know that throughout the week, people watch this um, kind of in playback. It's not real time, but they would consider themselves a part of this church. And so, like, I'm thinking uh, uh, Rich and Gina Sage watch. Uh, we've got Hannah Thompson who watches. I saw that Reynold Danden is on with us this yes. morning. So, Reynold, I hope you guys oh, are doing hey. well. Uh, but, man, we're just so excited that we get to do this another week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, your, uh, your mother and father-in-law watch yes. uh, very faithfully. They're on right now. Uh, uh, I know that uh, uh, Barbara's folks, these are people that live like in Texas and in Arkansas yep. and just all over, but they, uh, they uh, just kind of reach out and want to be a part of Legacy Church. So cool. We're glad to have them. That's awesome. All what? of them. Um, what are we talking about today? Today we are going to be talking about uh, something that I'm sure no one has any experience in, Uh, (laughs) conflict. Okay. Anybody have conflict? You ever gone through conflict? Every day. (laughs) Raise your hand if you are in some form of conflict with another person right now. Let's just be honest and vulnerable, okay? If you're next to your spouse, don't look at them right now. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, the rest of you, how long have you had this problem of lying? No. <laughs> That's good. You, you know, conflict, conflict is part of being human. Yeah. And, you know, when we, when we open the Bible and we look at the Bible, uh, you don't have to get into the Bible very far before there's conflict. Yeah. The one thing that I have known in my life uh, and have really discovered about conflict is this. You can put me with any human being, and in a matter of time, there is going to be conflict. Yeah. Okay? So, what's the common denominator? <laughs> me. I'm, I'm a human. Did you thing? know that you can, you can sit in a room with Jesus Christ, and it's just a matter of time <laughs> before there's conflict? Yeah. Okay? What is the common denominator? Me. You. Okay. (laughs) It it is part of our 
humanity, that we are going to be involved in conflict. And when you look at the book of Genesis, like just right from the get-go, you know, the the very outset of the Bible, there's conflict, Mm -hmm. okay? And when we look specifically at families, especially in the book of Genesis, you know, we, we hear of all these great people, Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all these great Bible yeah. things. Guys, there's nothing but conflict going on. Yeah. But you can go back even further. Go back to the very beginning, the very first family, Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and their children, their kids killed each other. That's a bummer. Yeah, un- unbelievable. <laughs> after, after six chapters in the Bible, here's what God said. Okay, the Lord observed, this is out of Genesis chapter 6. The Lord observed the extent of the human wickedness on the earth, and he saw everything that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Does that kind of sound like where we're at today? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe out this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people and the animals. I'm sorry that I ever made them. Another bummer. Another bummer. Uh, Because of conflict. Okay, because we're humans, we're going to have conflict. So we can look at people like Adam and Eve and Noah with Sham, Ham, and Japheth. There was conflict. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, conflict. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, conflict. Uh, Jacob's son, Judah, Judah and Tamar, conflict. I don't think you could find a story in the Bible that doesn't involve conflict. I, I think you're exactly right. And maybe because if there is no conflict, there's no need for resolution and there's no need for saving. Yeah, exactly. So we, we, we go through the whole Bible, and then we get over to uh, 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians, and by the way, two weeks ago today, I was praying for Legacy Church from the city of Corinth during so church. Cool. So it was, it was pretty cool just to think, wow, I'm in Corinth, and I'm going to be talking about Corinth in a couple of weeks. And here we are in Show Corinth, off. Greece. And it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. But anyway, uh, uh, that church was filled with, guess what? Conflict. Okay, constant arguments, constant disputes, constant problems. And Paul puts it this way. We face conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. And I think to a certain point, that's where we live today. Sure. Uh, as people. Look at everything that is going on in the world around us. And there are nothing but battles on the outside. Battles over money. Battles over COVID. Battles over family. Battles over this and over that. Over what political party or whatever. Over opinions. I mean, it gets down to opinions. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, there there are, are conflicts everywhere. Battles on the outside but what we don't always admit to is that there is fear mm-hmm. on the inside. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, fear motivates us towards conflict. Mm-hmm. Because we're fearful of what is happening in the world around us, we lash out at the people we love the most, and that tends to be family. Yeah. So. That's never happened. No. Between you and me. No, never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> 
Never Honestly, here's, here's the point, though. I hope for, for all of your sake you get to the point where you can not only have conflict and conflict resolution, but I hope you be able to love people regardless of yes. conflict. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a skill that our culture has lost, where if you disagree with me, it means you hate me. And that's just not the case. You can have a differing opinion than me, and I can still love you. I mean, we've had differing opinions on things about church. There has been conflict about what, what do we do in a service? What do we not do in a service? When do we do this event? When do we not do this event? But most of us are going to figure out sooner or later that conflict comes between us and people we care about the most. It's, that's just the way yeah. it, it tends to work out. And the way that conflict happens, normally speaking, is either you go against somebody directly, what, like what they asked for or, or wanted, or there's a miscommunication. And if you go against somebody directly, like you, they tell you one thing and you do the exact opposite, don't be a jerk. Like, just make sure that you're, you're, you're treating people with respect and love and caring for people. But then if you have the opportunity to sit down and listen to someone, listen to them. Pay attention to what they're saying. And then hear what they're saying behind what they're saying. Because oftentimes, Brittany and I learned this in, in our premarital counseling, uh, which, by the way, we celebrated six years of marriage yesterday. <laughs> Love you. Uh, so a little over six years ago, we learned this, that the intended message is not always the received message. So spouses, when you talk to each other, you could be coming from a place of love and care and, and uh, really wanting what's best, and that's the intended message, but the received message is, I hear you talking loudly at me, and I'm not able to hear your heart because all I hear is the volume. So let's get to a point where we can hear the intended message behind the, the words that are being spoken. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the things that you said earlier to me this week, uh, uh, conflict is never solved on accident. <laughs> Did you know that? Conflict is never solved on, on accident. It, it has to be intentional. And I think we have to be intentional with especially the ones that we love, which yeah. this is us. This is our family. Yeah. And so we have to be intentional that we are going to love them and listen to them. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and then when conflict does arise, don't, don't beat around the bush. Just talk to people. I, I know that my personality can sometimes be a little uh, brash and, I, and I, you know, maybe can be a little... Uh, Passionate. Let's let's use that word. I like that one better than others. Um, and so I tend when there is a a conflict, I can just go, "Hey, this is what's happening. What in the world is going on? Why are, why are we feeling this way?" And maybe that's not you, but really do your best to get to the bottom of the conflict. And then there is something that I think originally you and Mom actually taught this to us: the the way to resolve a conflict or to address a situation. Okay, are you guys ready for this? You're going to want to write this down. It's called the compliment sandwich. <laughs> okay, you can't buy it at Togo's. You can't get it at Jersey Mike's, but you can get it at Legacy Church, and I've got something for you this morning. The compliment sandwich goes like this. You compliment them, 
You correct them, you compliment them. Okay? So that means when there is an issue, give me an issue. You got an issue? Do we have an issue right now? We're good? I think we're good. I think we're good, yeah. I yeah. thought we were going to have to do this live, and it was yeah. going to be weird. <laughs> no, okay. Um, so the, I would say, Dad, I appreciate the way that you uh, work so hard to take care of and provide for our family. It's not normally my space to correct my dad, so hear that. <laughs> but then what I would do is, hey, there is this issue that I see, and I'm wondering if we can work this out, because I think if we can get past this, we could be healthier together. But thank you again for all that you do for me. I really, like, it means a lot to me, and you set a good example. So do you see that? We had a compliment. Thank you for everything you've done. The correction, hey, this is where we need to go, and then another compliment. Because now what I've done is put him at ease. My love is still the basis of this relationship. My care and genuine um, um, affection for my father is still here. But now we have a, a, something to talk about. And this can look a, a lot differently. Like it, it looks differently when Brittany and I do it. Hey, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Um, but this is what needs to happen. And, and how, do we, how do we fix this? And then, man, I love you so much. I'm so glad that we're in this together. Well, and I think uh, another thing that you can do in that, uh, in that mix, and, and I, I love the, uh, uh, the sandwich analogy. Um, I like sandwiches too. Yeah, really. I'm, I'm a big Jersey Mike's guy now. <laughs> Never have had them before until about six months ago. And now it's like, oh, man. Let's go to Jersey Mike's right after church. Anyway, um, we, can, we, we can do that. But um, what I have always told people uh, that are married uh, or families, uh, one of the things that, that I will work with with uh, marriages is this. Take your spouse and pray out loud over them for one minute Oh, that's good. A day. And then when you're done, have your spouse pray for one minute out loud over you. Yeah. Do you realize how hard it is to have conflict with people that you're praying over? When you're, when you're praying over them, that just kind of like, it just kind of puts things it into... It takes the winds out of their sails. It, 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 it takes the wind out of my sails. That's good. Is, is what That's it good. does. The, the winds of, uh, of anger or yeah. discontentment. When I, when I pray, like with Barbara, uh, man, I, I just, I respect her so much more. I love her so much more. I want to do better for her. Yeah. And I, I think the, one of the easiest ways of conflict resolution is pray it out together as a, as a family. Yeah. If you're having problems with your children, are you ever praying for your children? Do they ever hear you call their name out right. before the Lord? Uh, in a relationship, uh, a dating relationship, cultivate that aspect of the relationship now at the beginning of praying for one another. Uh, and that will, maybe that's... Conflict, uh, yeah, for sure. avoidance rather than resolution, uh, but a lot of it can be avoided uh, uh, just by just by praying together. It's it's very difficult to be in conflict with someone and consciously remember that you love them. Yes. Yes. They can still be wrong. The situation can still be wrong. They can still have a bad attitude. You can still maybe be fighting through your own stuff. But if you're constantly thinking like Christ. Man, I love this person. 
I'm super grateful they're in my life. You know what I try to do? When someone bugs me, and, and I'll just be real, there are people who bug me. I just have that kind of personality. I can be bugged. Uh, I try to think of the value that not only do they bring me, but they bring God. What value are they bringing the kingdom? What, what things did God put into them that he needs me to help draw out of them? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's... Uh, well, here, let me, let me hit this point first. When you're, when you're correcting a situation or being corrected, bring correction, not condemnation. Yes. Okay? Uh, bring correction. Make sure you're saying, hey, I noticed this, not you are this. There's a difference. Uh, when, when Brittany and I have a disagreement, it's, it's not me going to her saying, you are this. No, it's, hey, I, I, I see this. How do we fix it? So if you can bring correction, then it's much more about finding out what is right rather than finding out who is right. And there's a big difference there. If you will focus on what is right, on the outcome, what do we need to see in three minutes, in three days, in three months, and so on, instead of finding out on the tally board, who's winning the more arguments in the relationship? No. Oh, my goodness. It will wreck well, you if you constantly try to be right. Uh, well, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is referred to as the love chapter, yeah. uh, I think it's in verse 7, says, love does not keep a record of wrongs done against it. Mm -hmm. So if you're keeping the, 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 the tally marks, uh, you're in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Right there, you're you're just you're just wrong. To to really love and to to resolve conflict is to deal with the situation, but then leave it. So you're then saying forgive it, forgive it, and and just it's in the past. It's under the blood. And what would you say? Like I I know the answer to this, but for their their benefit, what is forgiveness? Like the definition that you gave us as kids, what is forgiveness? Uh, forgiveness is not saying that what you did was okay. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when, uh, when someone is asking for forgiveness, they, they say, uh, you know, the, the response is, oh, that's okay, that's okay. No, it wasn't okay. It hurt. <laughs> You're clearly upset about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so forgiveness is not saying that what the person did was right it's simply saying, I am releasing you from my personal judgment. Yeah. And that's what, that's what forgiveness is really all about. Then I would add this. If you have forgiven someone, and it's an if because it is a choice. You can choose to harbor it. You can choose to let it eat you alive. You can choose to be miserable mm -hmm. in your unforgiveness. Don't forget that Scripture says, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. So you get to choose. Do you get to be like Christ slash with Christ or not? And if you forgive someone, then do not bring it back up. Because if you bring it back up in another argument, it's not forgiven. It means it's harbored. It may not bug you constantly the way it used to, but it's not forgiven. Mm. So do your best to be like Christ in both sides of this conversation, whether you are the correctee or the correct or be like Christ. Bring correction, not condemnation, but then forgive the offense and forgive the offender. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, know when it's not your job to do the correcting. <laughs> okay? 
A, a lot of times, uh, third parties, and this happens even within families, yep. third parties want to get involved and do the correcting, thinking they're doing the, the godly thing. I love the, the proverb. Uh, Barbara found this a couple of years ago, and it just makes me laugh every time I read it. But it's so true. Uh, uh, Proverbs 26, 17 says, Interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. <laughs> I love that. Have you ever have you ever just pulled on a dog's ears? No. Why? Because you're going to get bit. Okay. When you intervene in somebody else's argument that's not yours, don't. Yeah. It's a trick question. Yeah. You know what? You're going to get bit. So just just stay away from it. I think there's another time to not do correcting, and that's when you're currently being corrected. <laughs> there's nothing worse than like, let's, let's talk not about family, so I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Let's talk about your boss at work. If your boss is correcting you, now's not the time to air your dirty laundry with your boss. Okay? He's saying, you didn't show up to work on time. How dare you? Well, you stink as a manager. <laughs> no, no, not the time. Not the time. Not the time. And also, I would venture to say, if there is a, an authority between the two of you, humility more resembles Christ than even correction. Yeah. One of the fastest ways to, mm -hmm. to end uh, conflict is by apologizing first. Yep. And ju just putting yourself in that humble state. Sure. And that doesn't mean like you're excusing everything from the beginning. No. But I think it shows intent from the beginning of the conversation that, hey, I'm going to apologize because I want you to know I'm in this with you. I'm going to fight with you for just a second to make sure we get what is right, but I'm in this. I, I still want yes. to be a part of this, this friendship or this relationship. Yeah. So find out what's right, not who's right. Mm -hmm. Okay? Conversely, find out what's wrong, but like Pastor Kyle was saying a few min minutes ago, Bring correction, not condemnation. Yeah. Uh, in other words, avoid using you messages. Yeah. Use good. I messages. Mm -hmm. Not the phone app. But use I, me. This is what I feel. This is what I need. This is what, what I, I see happening here. Not the accusatory... You did this. You did that. You're on the attack. Mm -hmm. Okay, you might as well go find the pit bull and start pulling on the ears. Sure. When, when you start doing that, that is just not the way that you are going to better the conversation mm -hmm. and better the relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I think if you will stay away from you messages and say I, it helps the... Uh, received message to be closer to the intended message. Mm. It really helps you understand better where are they coming from. It's a little easier when someone says, I felt sad when you, well, now all of a sudden, you don't have to sift through all the mire of what are they actually saying. They felt sad. Well, what did I do to make them feel sad? And even if the action wasn't wrong, you could still approach them differently next time. And the benefit of continuing to do this in different relationships over time and, and years and, and eventually decades is you start to learn 
what angers the other person? What frustrates the other person? You have a kind of roadmap to their emotions that helps you uh, establish the way that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle this conversation with them yes. a little bit differently. Yes. And that can be conflict resolution in itself because you don't have to get into conflict because you know the way they're emoting. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, going into conflict, and uh, like I said, conflict is part of humanity. It, it is part of being human. We are going to have conflict with other people. But I think within our families uh, especially, there is a way of, uh, of confronting conflict in and of itself. Uh, are you a yeller? Hmm. Are you a screamer? When there is conflict, that is not the time for that. There is no, I don't know that there is a time. I, 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 don't, I don't know either. Uh, I am not, uh, I, I am loud, but I'm loud all the time. Okay, my, yeah, my, my, my family, yeah, my wife's laughing, Kellen's giving me amens. I, I'm, I am loud, okay, but I don't yell at people. And you never really have. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a yeller or a screamer, but I think sometimes we intensify conflict just by the tone of our voice. So I think when we're in conflict and we're trying to uh, get it resolved, that is a time to be calm. That is a time to take things inwardly and say, okay, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. One of the things that, uh, that Barbara and I learned in, uh, when we were first married was this whole concept of using I messages over you, so I don't accuse, she does not accuse me of doing things. My, my personality, can I just say this? And, and this is, uh, I'm, I'm a yellow, if you've been through Essentials. Uh, <laughs> yellows are the otters. We are just kind of out there, happy people. We just want to have fun and play games. We are very inconsistent people, Okay. I am married to a blue, a beaver. Beavers are known for their consistency, okay? They love lists, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Barbara is a list person. She keeps us organized. Good night. If I did not have Barbara in my life, my life would be a disaster. Can I just tell you that? Or non-existent. We don't know. <laughs> or, yeah, probably non-existent by this point <laughs> if, I, if I didn't have her. By the way, thank you for that. Um, but in, in our marriage, okay, uh, yellows or beaver or, or uh, otters, I should say, they are terribly inconsistent people. Okay? I don't like to do the same things over and over and over and over and over again. I get bored very quickly. But there are some things in life that you have to do over and over and over and over and over again. So Barbara has taught me, hey, you need to have lists, you need to have systems and procedures. Every time I go to my truck for some reason, I still push a button, even though my truck does not have a button to push to unlock the doors. <laughs> Why? Because, okay, that is just one of those little things in life. And it's just, it's, it's who I am. 
So I have to realize that coming into conflict, that a lot of times conflict is going gonna, is gonna to be my fault because I am not always a consistent personality type. Yeah. And so I do things wrong, not intentionally, but I do things wrong. And because of that, I can get myself in trouble. So I cannot be so egotistical to come into arguments or uh, come into conflict and say, well, you did this, when chances are it's probably me sure. to begin with. I think going back to the yelling, um, this is hard for people because when, when emotions start running high, it, you want to get louder and louder and more intense. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a time for um, yelling when you're excited. Uh, I know when we used to watch sports together, like there was yelling in the house. Man, yeah, we like, I, I know that Matt was yelling this week when Kelsey scored her goal, which you guys handed to the team. Way to go, Vanguard. Uh, I know that there's some celebratory screaming. Let that be the kind of yelling that you do. Exactly. Exactly. There's almost nothing on a on a legitimately like um, uh, physical level. There's nothing more unnerving than in the middle of a conversation that has a lot of tension in it to hear someone bring their voice down and talk slowly, calm, and controlled. It's like, ooh. What are you capable of? <laughs> you know, and, and I don't mean to use that as a weapon uh, because I, I never want to weaponize peace. But I'm looking at all of the things that we're going through as a world, all of the conflict that we have faced as a culture, and you can walk through all of this conflict with a peace in your heart, with a settledness in your spirit, yes. because you are walking with the Holy Spirit. You can face a difficult conversation with your friend and not fly off the handles because you have the Holy Spirit with you. Yes. And, by the way, we will know if the Holy Spirit is with you. You want to know how I know it? Because there is this thing called the fruit of the Spirit that shows. So when you are walking with the Holy Spirit and you're in a conflict, let's say it happens after church today, and I hear one of you going off, well, you always do this, and then, 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 then. Well, guess what? I'm going to know one of you isn't filled with the Spirit, and I'm going to be able to pick out which one it is. <laughs> because it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, yeah, is joy, and there's peace. That means regardless of the situation, you have an underlying fruit that you are able to pull up in the moment and operate in conflict out of peace. Well, and... Within the family, like Barbara and I are not yellers. Uh, we, we don't yell at each other. And we avoided yelling at, uh, at our children. I think if you're a parent mm -hmm. here, uh, you need to watch that. You need to watch the tone of your voice with your children. Uh, if, if you're yelling at them, you're basically encouraging them to yell at you and to yell at other siblings, to yell at those in authority over them. Remember back to our first, uh, our first session in the This Is Us series, we were talking about the stages of, of childhood, that from zero to 12, you're in a training mode where you just simply tell the child what to do. But from 12 to 19, you're in a teaching mode. You know what? It's really hard to teach somebody something if you're yelling at them. Yeah. If you're yelling at them, 
they are automatically they automatically have walls built up against you. Mm-hmm. So bring the level of the conflict down and just talk with one another. We've, we've called this conversation uh, conflict resolution because that's what everybody would recognize it as. But I want to challenge you. I, I want to challenge us as a church. Let's not focus so much on resolution as reconciliation. It's cool to make sure that the issue is settled, but I'm much more interested that we're okay. I'm good with the situation being behind us now, but it's much more important to me mm. that you and I can move forward in our relationship together. And, and I think that is the main difference between forgiveness and not forgiveness. Okay. That, that's very good. I like that. Like, be, like being that. able to forgive something means yeah. there's reconciliation. And uh, Matthew chapter 6 says this, um, and, for, and this is part of the, of the, the Lord's Prayer even, um, and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sinned against us. But then he goes on in a couple more verses and says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Well, praise God. If you want to be in heaven, if you want to be forgiven, all you have to do is accept him as your Lord and Savior, confess that with your mouth, but then you have this this life that you have to lead, and it's your responsibility then to, to make sure that you're forgiving people. I, I can't tell you how many times I have had to roll away from a drive-through window and say, "I forgive you for being an idiot. <laughs> I forgive you for getting my order wrong. I forgive you for being slow. I forgive you for not showing up to work today, you other people." But you know what? I want to be forgiven because the rest of the verse we like to focus on: "If you forgive, you will be forgiven." But then there is the second half of this verse, and verse 15 says this: "But if you refuse to forgive others, if you truly..." refuse to forgive others, your heavenly father won't forgive you. Mm. We were talking last year about uh, the measure that you use, right? And we, we think about this in, in usually good terms, that the measure you use, it will be given back to you. But the same thing is true for forgiveness, that the measure of forgiveness that you give other people will be given to you. And so what would it look like if we just decided to forgive people and release them from our judgment. Understand that, man, I still love you. I see you for, for who God created you to be. I was sitting in some horrible traffic yesterday on the grapevine uh, with a good friend of mine. We've been friends since we were, I don't know, seven, maybe? Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this specific thing, conflict resolution and forgiveness. And he said, Kyle, how do I forgive someone who I know is not going to change? I said, the changing is not up to you. The forgiveness is. Focus on what your part yes. is. Release them. Release them. Put forgiveness on them. Oh, sorry. Put forgiveness on them. Make it so they understand, I don't care if you do it again. I don't care when you do it again. I'm going to forgive you again. Because that's what God called us to do. Yes, Exactly. Uh, one of the little uh, things, and you might want to write this down, that, that I have always used, uh, a little mathematical equation. Okay, you ready for this? Time plus truth equals trust. Yeah. Time plus truth equals trust. And you might say, well, how does that really work into this whole conflict resolution thing? If you stick around me long enough, 
And if you know me long enough, you're going to find that I'm going to be a truth teller to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to intentionally try to deceive you. Okay? Time plus truth equals trust. If I can trust you and you can trust me, we can work out conflicts. Yeah, that's good. Okay? Take that another level. Take that to your relationship with God. The more time you spend with God, the more truth you are going to receive from Him. The more truth and time you spend with God, the more trust you are going to have in God. Okay? Same with your spouse, same with your child, same with your boss, same with your neighbor, same with whoever you want to put in that equation. Time plus truth is going to equal trust. If I can trust you and you can trust me, then when we get involved in a conflict, and conflicts are inevitable, you know that I am going to work for your highest good. Yeah. I, you can trust me. And I want to get to that point with you where I know you well enough that I can trust you. Mm-hmm. And when I, can, when I can trust and you can trust, we can, we, we can work anything out. Yeah. We can work anything out. That's good. That's good. We've got a couple more minutes here. What if we... Um, We've got so many notes here. It's not even funny. Uh, What if we went through your tips on communication? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Because I think think this is going to really bring a lot of value to people. Okay. You want to take one? Sure, sure. Uh, The first one, okay? We're going to give you, what is it, eight, seven? I think there's eight. Uh, Eight things real quick here, and we're going to move quick. Tips on communicating in conflict. Number one, confront the problem. Address the problem as soon as possible. Don't let it fester. Don't let it grow. If you see a problem, get after it. Uh, in other words, and we read it from another list this week, make the first move. Yeah. Yeah, make the first move. Don't drag your feet. Con- yeah, confront the problem. Yep. Uh, don't allow it to fester in, and turn into bitterness. In fact, uh, one of the things that we've had to work through, and, and it's just a part of our culture, is that when we harbor offense. Offense gives birth to uh, resentment. That when you're, when you're at odds for a long time, eventually it turns all of your good thoughts about that person into something poor. And that's not what we're after. So uh, confront the problem directly. And uh, use tact and timing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just... They're just not good times to bring stuff up to people. Yeah. If you have a problem with me, please don't tell me on Sundays. Seriously. Especially Sunday mornings before church. <laughs> uh, even, even afterwards, what you, guys, what you guys need to know is when, when you bring a conflict to me or, or to any of our pastors, is we have spent all of our week preparing for 8 to noon on Sundays. And that means that there is an emotional drop-off in the afternoon, and there, we've expended all of our energy. We, do, we, do, we joke about it, but we like to go home and take naps on Sunday afternoons. So we can actually get some rest. And there's nothing worse than waking up from a nap on a Sunday and getting a text from someone, hey, this is what's happening. I'm not saying don't talk to me on Sundays. What I'm saying is if there is a conflict, know the timing. Read the room. Yeah, yeah. You, do you, that for your spouse. Do it for your friends. Do it for your coworkers. Read the room. 
The second one, uh, and that, that, that is very good, uh, the, the second uh, tip on communication is master the art of listening. Yeah. Uh, can I just put it this way? In the name of Jesus, shut up. <laughs> okay? I, and I have to say, say that to myself first. Listen to what the other person is communicating. Be a listener. Master the art of listening. If we fail to show respect by not listening... Don't expect re, uh, to, to gain respect of other people. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Did we lose my mic? Sorry. Okay. Uh, number three, keep the conflict private. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Don't go talking about it to other people that aren't involved. Number one, it gets them in trouble with the proverb that we read earlier that it's like if they join the conversation, they're grabbing a dog by the ear, but also it makes you a gossip, which, by the way, is a sin. So now not only are you not being like Jesus, but you're in contradiction to his word. And that's a real issue. So if you'll keep it private, in fact, I, we, Brittany and I really try to do this because my parents modeled it for us really well. Uh, we don't fight in public. If we're disagreeing, we're going to disagree at home. We're going to disagree in the car. That's okay. But when we get out, we're a united front. And parents, do it for your kids. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't do it in front of your children. Yeah, hide it from your kids. And I don't mean like fake it. I think it's healthy for kids to know that you're able to work through conflict. But don't fight in front of your kids. Because what it's showing is there is an opportunity for the kid to take advantage of this situation and pit yeah. you against each other. They may never use the language that you use in the, in the conversation, but mentally they have made a note that you can be divided. Yep. Don't do it. Just keep it private. Uh, we've already talked about another one uh, using uh, I and me messages. Uh, then, uh, so that one is really number four, use I and me messages. Number five, avoid exaggerations. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody and they use this? You always. Well, I never do that. Or you never. <laughs> you know what? Again, my, uh, my uh, personality is very inconsistent, and I recognize that. It's one of the blind spots of, of my personality type, but I am too inconsistent to always or never do anything. <laughs> Can I just put, put it that way? Okay, say it again. I am too inconsistent to always... Never or always. How's that? That's, that's even worse. That's hilarious. But okay. uh, oh, yeah, j ahead. just no, j just you know, avoid avoid exaggerations. You're not trying to prove your point. This is what Pastor Kyle was talking about earlier. You're not trying to prove your point. You're trying to bring it down a couple of notches. Right. And you're trying to address an issue, not start World War Three. So the other thing, and this is point number six, the other thing that we need to avoid is avoid character assassinations. Yes. Okay? Um, Name-calling and put-downs are not a luxury that the Christian affords. Nope. We don't get to, in the middle of a conversation, call somebody an idiot. Now, I might think you're a couple bricks short of a load if you hand me the wrong meal because I used to work at the drive-thru, so I understand what needs to be done but that does not give me the right to look them in the eye and call them an idiot. It does not give you the right, husbands, to mouth off and call your wife names. 
Right. Just not. So don't, don't get into the name-calling. Don't get into the, uh, the character assassinations, really, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number seven, don't be concerned, and we've already kind of talked about this, don't be concerned about winning or losing. That, that's, that's not what, what conflict is, is all about. Finally, number eight, determine limits. Your words and your actions must be appropriate. Not all arguments need to be at peak volume or intensity. <laughs> okay? And I would even say this. Determine a limit at which you're able to still lay in the same bed with your spouse. Okay? Now, friends who are not married, I am not saying... Get to the point where you can sleep with your best friend, <laughs> okay? But what I am saying is get to the point where when you see them in class, you don't have to sit on the other side of the classroom from them. Yep. What I am saying is when you see them at work, you should not have to take the tuck head. If you feel um, embarrassed, if you feel like you don't want to be seen, chances are you have done something wrong. And now the tables have turned and you need to go ask for forgiveness, Make the first move. This is not just you going to someone saying, hey, I see this. Make the first move and go ask for forgiveness. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, uh, what, what I was going to say is, uh, can I just give them, Please, the, 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 real quick, the rules for resolving conflict? And then um, uh, after that, I know that you want to talk about the ultimate conflict mm -hmm. and close out with that. So if, if you have a pen and you would just, well, I'm just going to shoot these off and give you some verses and if you want to look these up on your own, th this is a great way for resolving conflict. Number one, make the first move. Look up Matthew 5, 23, and 24. Number two, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom in conflict. Look at James chapter 1, verse 5. Number three, begin with what's my fault. In conflict. Begin with what's my fault. Look up Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Number four, listen for hurt and their perspective. Again, this is the art of listening. Listen for their perspective. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Number five, speak the truth. Tactfully, We've already talked about that. Look up Proverbs 12, 18 and Ephesians 4, 29. Number six, fix the problem, not the blame. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And finally, we've already talked about it, focus on reconciliation, not resolution. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. If you want to uh, learn more about conflict, read those verses, talk to pastors Kyle and Brittany or Barbara and I, and we are, are happy to, uh, to talk to you. We are not anxious to jump in your conflict. We don't want to pick up a dog by the ears, but yet if you need some wisdom and guidance and biblical perspective, that's what we're here for. I think one of the things that, um, that God has gifted the pastors with here is the ability to coach people and to counsel and to bring um, some encouragement in different situations. And, and I, I know that 
this has happened in my life, and I know it's happened in Pastor Phil's life specifically, where uh, we have had some times in our lives where we have to bring correction in different circumstances. And we've been able to go to people and have these kinds of conversations. And I know that we threw a lot at you today, but if you can employ it, sometimes the people that we have brought correction to have actually come back the next day or later that day and said, thank you. They've said, thank you, thank you for doing that. It, it doesn't happen often, but you can literally bring correction in a situation and the person will thank you. If you do it with the right attitude and you do it with the right tools. Now, we, we, he alluded to the ultimate conflict, and there is a conflict that each one of us faces, and it's this. We have to decide, will we forgive so we can be forgiven? Will we be forgiven? Do we want to be forgiven? Do we, is that something that we even want to pursue as a church, as individuals? Well, can I just tell you, yes, that's what we want as a church. I, I want to be forgiven. I've done things this week that I've had to ask for forgiveness for. Now, I didn't curse anybody out. I didn't go punch somebody in the face. But you know what? I might have in my head, and I had to ask God for forgiveness. I had some bad attitudes. When I get stressed and when I get hot, oh, I sin more often when the temperature is higher. <laughs> and I'm working on it. But I want to be forgiven. I want to be forgiven. I want people to forgive me. I want to forgive you. But more than that, there is a God that we sang about at the beginning that we have been talking about the entire day. He wants to forgive people of sin. Now, I know that there are a couple of people here who have never said that prayer, that have never asked him to come in and be the Lord and the Savior of your life. And I know there are people who have been walking with Jesus for 30, 40, and 50 years. Uh, 60, my, maybe even, just a couple. I'm not going to point them out. Um, <laughs> I don't want to have to ask for forgiveness later for that. Uh, but you need to know that, that God gave his son. He gave his actual physical son to come and die for your sin. To bring forgiveness, to bring reconciliation, to bring uh, a resolve to this problem in our lives. And all we have to do is pray a prayer and accept that into our lives. In the same way that we bring correction in conversations, we have this moment where we have to realize this is over. Now let's move on. In fact, when, when we were kids, my parents used to discipline us in the very, like it, it was almost always in the exact same spot in the house. And then after they disciplined us, they'd flip us around and, and hug us. And then right before we left the room where it was happening, uh, they would say, now, it's over. Let's go have a good day. There is an opportunity for an eternal, it's over. Let's go have a good eternity. And I don't know where you are on, on the spectrum, whether you have never said this prayer or you've been walking with God for 60 years I need his forgiveness again today. I've been walking with God for 28 years now. I, th I think I got saved when I was about four. I don't know what took me so long. Uh, but I, I, I really do believe this. I'm still in need of his forgiveness in my life. I've never outgrown the need for his forgiveness. And so I would love it if we would all bow our heads and close our eyes together. If you're joining us online, 
Help me out. Bow your head. Close your eyes right where you are. The screen's not going anywhere. But this is a holy moment. This is an opportunity that we have as a church, as a family, as those who are watching with us to invite God into our lives, maybe for the first time, maybe we're rededicating our lives, but then we get to accept a forgiveness in a way that we haven't been able to see it before. And all it takes is saying a simple prayer, and I'd love it if we'd all say this together. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Please come into my life. Please come into my life. Will you forgive me of my sin? Will you forgive me of my sin? And make me like you. And make me like you. Teach me. Teach me. To be like you. To be like you. Teach me how to handle conflict. Teach me how to handle conflict. Teach me how to bring resolution. Teach me how to bring resolution. But most of all. But most of all. Teach me to be like you. Teach me to be like you. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 If you just said that prayer for the first time, I'd love it if you shoot your hand up. We want to celebrate with you. That is how we roll around here. And if you did it online, will you do me a favor and put the little hand-raising emoji? We want to make sure that we reach out to you and party with you. And then we've also got Bibles for you. But then I, I know there's maybe another group of people who said that prayer that rededicated their lives. And I'd love it if you'd raise your hand because we want to celebrate with you too. I'm raising my hand. I needed it in my life. I need this lesson. I'm going to probably go back and listen to this this week because it's just a good reminder that we need to constantly live in a space, in a, in a posture of forgiveness with people. And if you'll, uh, if you'll approach your relationships, your friendships, your coworkers, anything with the posture of Jesus, there's nothing better than that. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. I want to pray over you real quick before we go. Father, we are grateful for what you've spoken to us. Now I pray that you would feel it in our hearts, that you would help us to move forward with passion and conviction to forgive people, to bring conflict resolution to the forefront of our minds so that we can be just like you. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your blessing over every person here, that you would go before them, Prepare a table in front of them in the middle of conflict so they can see your goodness. Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would speak life over them, that you would protect them, and that you would keep them. Father, I pray that your voice would speak so loudly in their hearts, it resonates in their bodies. They could hear you intimately speaking to them. Father, I know that there are people who may even be watching this later who need to hear from you. And so now I pray that your voice would transcend time and space and meet them where they are right now. Father, we ask all these things in the precious, mighty, and powerful name of Jesus Christ. And it's in your name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Hey, guys, thank you so much for being with us for our weekend worship experience. We will see you inside the building next week. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.